morning, everyone. <clears throat> welcome to church this morning. Great to see everyone, those who are gathered in the building. Welcome if you're visiting with us for the first time. It's great to see you. Welcome to those who are online joining us uh, through Facebook or YouTube or church website, wherever you are. Uh, we just want to welcome everyone today. It's great to be together as family, and we are God's family. It's great to be in his house. Uh, and so this is kind of like our, our big living room. We should have the comfy chairs. Um, maybe we'll do that <laughs> and uh, get the feet up. No, 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 that's just, that's a bit too much. But, but yeah, it's good to be together, good to be in God's house. Um, there are lots of things that we need to be praying about at the moment, lots of things that are happening within uh, our church family, lots of things that are happening uh, in our nation. And uh, yeah, we really need to, to keep praying and to keep seeking God and all of that. But we're going to pray as we open up. We're going to worship God through song. Um, we're going to sing a carol. I can't. I actually can't believe that uh, we've approached that time of the year. We're going to be singing our first Christmas carol. Um, but here we are. Uh, it's unbelievable. We're in December, and uh, we're just looking forward to to, to Christmas. Um, so we will sing a carol. Um, if you want to stand uh, whilst we're worshiping and raise hands and do all that kind of stuff, you know, I've been meaning to say that for weeks, you know, feel free just to, to kind of enter into worship. I know we're, we're restricted with the whole singing thing, but let's just continue to worship God. We sing and we make music in our hearts as well, and I, I just love that verse in the Bible. It's not just, it's not just coming out of here, it's coming from here, and uh, God knows our hearts. So let's just pray, and then we're going to uh, praise after that, and then we'll take communion. Father, we just thank you for all that you mean to us. Father, we thank you for this time of year as we approach Christmas, as we think about Jesus. We think about uh, just the, the, the incredible miracle, Father, that, that you came into this world in the form of a baby. Father, you took human form and you, you came and you lived in this world, that God lived in a person, and that person was Jesus. And we are just astounded by that. We don't understand all the the ins and outs of it, but Father, we know, we know it to be true because we know that we have this relationship with you through Jesus. And so, Father, as we approach this time of year, Lord, we pray, help us to focus all of our attention on you, all of our attention on Jesus. And Father, we just pray, help us in this service today. Lord, we, we just want to hear your voice. We want to be aware of your presence. We want to hear you speaking into our hearts today. Because, Father, it's what you say. It's your voice that makes all the difference in our lives. And so, Father, we just invite you to come and speak to us today. Father, we invite you to come into our worship today. Father, we invite you into our lives today. And, Lord, for all who are joining online today, Lord, I, I don't know who all will be listening to this message, uh, will be engaging in this service. And, and, Lord, I just pray for everyone who is joining in online, Father, that you would just presence yourself where they are whether it's in a living room or, or wherever, Lord, uh, no matter what time, Father, I just pray that you would presence yourself with everybody who uh, comes into touch with this service today. We ask these things in Jesus' name.
Father, we just thank you for the words of that Christmas carol that just reflect the truth. Father, that God world and took on human form. And Father, it's just such a mystery. We, we, we can't even begin to understand that. And Lord, as we, as we consider the people who were involved in, in that, we, we think of the angel coming to Mary. And Father, just delivering that message that she would be with child. And Father, just the sense of mystery that must have surrounded that. Just the, the, the sheer awesomeness that must have surrounded that. And Father, yet she was faithful to, to what she heard. She was faithful to uh, just wanting to, to, to follow your will and to serve you. And Lord, we thank you for her faithfulness. Father, her willingness to just be uh, all that you called her to be, to be your servant for that time. Lord, we, we just pray that you would help us to really appreciate these things. And when I say appreciate, Father, I, I pray help us to understand and, and to really grasp these things because, Lord, it's so incredible. It's so majestic. Lord, help us to have a fresh revelation of just who you are and what you've done for us. Just as we prepare to take uh, communion, uh, again, just reading in, in his word during the week, and uh, I was in Psalm 34. And, uh, and David says these words, he talks about how the righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. And uh, I read a verse like that and I think, oh my goodness, I know that there are times where we don't feel that we're delivered from our troubles, where things happen in life and we don't understand why they're happening. And as, as I look around at what's happening uh, in the church and in our community and in our, our nation at the moment, I look at the troubles that we experience and I think, where is God in all this? But as I read on in this passage, um, I read something which I think was a reflection of Jesus as well. It, it goes on to say, he protects all his bones. Not one of them will be broken. And I thought about this and I thought, the righteous person may have many troubles. And as I read on, I thought, that's talking about Jesus. He is the righteous person. He is the one who was on that cross and who died for us. And I think, but the Lord delivers him from them all. And when he was on that cross, he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I'm sure as he thought about that, if he thought about that psalm, he protects all his bones, not one of them is broken. Maybe he didn't think about that psalm, but I think here is a righteous man, Jesus, and he experiences death. But what I thought about when I read this psalm, when I thought about the troubles that we experienced and the fact that the Lord delivers us from them all, I had to come to the conclusion that there is an eternal perspective that we need to keep hold of. It's not just about the life that we live in this body, this tent, as Paul talks about, the life of the flesh. There's something far bigger, there's something far grander that we're called into as Christians, and it goes beyond the life that we experience in this body. And, and that, is, that is something that we need to allow to seep into our souls. If God was prepared to allow Jesus to die on that cross for our sin, then there's just this whole kind of area where I think we need to grasp what God is doing in our lives sometimes. Yeah, we're surrounded by troubles sometimes. Sometimes we think the troubles are never going to come to an end. But God is with us in the troubles. God never leaves us. God never forsakes us. 
And I think he calls us and encourages us to an eternal perspective. You see, it wasn't the end of the story for Jesus. There was a bigger picture here. And what we celebrate when we come to take communion is the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. He didn't stay in the grave. He rose on that third day. And we know, we know that that's what awaits the Christian as well. Resurrection awaits the Christian as well. First Thessalonians chapter 4 talks about that. Talks about the resurrection of those who have died. Talks about the translation, the transformation of those who are still alive. And it says that we'll meet God in the air with those who have fallen asleep, those who have went before. And I just encourage us to, to really keep hold of the eternal perspective, not just to be so consumed by the here and now. Yes, we pray for needs. Yes, we, we pray for each other. There are things going on and that we, we really need to pray for each other and uphold each other. But can I encourage us as we take communion to rem remember that there is an eternal perspective that we need to keep hold of uh, today. The righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. He protects his bones, not one of them will be broken, something that was fulfilled in Jesus. And let's just prepare to take communion, to take bread and wine this morning. The bread reminding us of that body, of those bones. <laughs> it says that not one of his bones was out of place, not one of, uh, was broken, sorry. Uh, they might have been out of place, but his bones weren't broken. And we remember that body, which, his body, which was torn apart for us this morning. As we take bread, it's a, a symbol that reminds us of that. As we take the wine, it reminds us of the blood of Jesus which was shed on that cross. And Father, we are just so grateful. We want to express our gratitude to you afresh today, Father, that you are who you say you are. Father, that you have come to this earth, that God has come into the world in the person of Jesus. He lived a sinless life died on that cross for our sins that we might experience freedom, that we might experience the love of God that the Bible talks about which has been shed abroad in our hearts. That, that your love just saturates our hearts. And Father, we pray that as we take this bread, may we be reminded of all that you have done for us. Father, we pray, may we experience the healing presence of Jesus in this place today because it says that by his stripes we are healed. Let's take bread together. Just prepare to take uh, the wine together as well. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus which was poured out for us. Father, help us to keep it in perspective. Help us to remember what Jesus has accomplished for us. And Father, help us to keep an eternal perspective. Lord, when the troubles seem to be mounting up, when there seems to be stuff all around us, Father, help us to remember that we have a hope, that we have a future, and it goes beyond even the life that we live in this body. Father, we pray that you would come in very experienced today and Father that you touch each one. Lord those who are joining in online today as well, Father that you come and that you would visit each of our homes the places where we are and Lord we pray that we would experience your presence, your nearness Father we ask these things in his name. Let's take 
that we need to gather. Yeah, Father, we are just so grateful. We're so thankful for all that Jesus has accomplished for us. Lord, help us never to take it for granted. Father, help us never to turn aside from the things which you're showing us. Father, help us to keep our feet firmly planted on the path that you have set before us. Lord, may we know your presence day by day, moment by moment. Father, for some of us, we just need uh, to, to experience your presence maybe minute by minute. Father, just taking one step at a time, taking one uh, minute at a time, maybe taking one hour at a time. Father, wherever we are, whatever our situation, whatever our circumstances, Lord, we pray that we would experience your presence in the middle of all that. Lord, for those who need a healing touch in their body, and there are many today, Father, we pray that you would come with healing power into every situation. Father, you know the people who are on our hearts. Lord, we've been praying for so many people on the Wednesday nights, and Lord, we just in our hearts lift those names before you tonight, uh, this morning. And Father, we ask that you come and that you touch each one. Lord, those who need a touch from you, Father, we pray that you would come and that you would presence yourself in their experience. Lord, we pray that you just breathe life into every heart, every situation. And Lord, I just release life. I pray life over every every situation, every every family that needs that touch from you. Father, I just pray life in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I don't know about you, but I, I just get amazed about the things that God's doing. Um, so many things that are happening uh, in us and around us, there are things that we've been praying for in either our Monday morning prayer meeting or our Wednesday evening prayer meeting, and God is just answering prayers, and that's just encouraging. Monday, we meet at 9.30. Wednesday, we meet at 7.30 in the evening, and uh, yeah, it's just it's great to be together to pray. I do need to take a photograph. Just give me a little second. Um, This is for the track and trace, just in case anybody who doesn't normally, isn't normally here, doesn't know. Uh, yeah, so um, we meet for prayer on a Monday morning, Wednesday evening. Uh, this afternoon, we have a membership class at two o'clock, which will be in Zoom. Uh, one or two people will be joining us for that in person who don't have access to the technology. Uh, let me just remind you about Right Now Media. Um, if you've not replied to my email, please do so. I think we probably are about halfway there, getting everybody signed up. Um, can I encourage you to get signed up? Because it's something that we want to use as a tool for our small groups and things like that in the future in the church. And so if you've not replied to an email, please do that and we'll get you signed up. It's also a fantastic resource for the kids. And uh, yeah, I really think we need to start exploring uh, how we're going to use that so that our kids can really benefit from it. Um, the other thing, the last thing that I was going to say was that uh, this um, uh, Monday tomorrow will be our last in our series of uh, sessions on the healing journey. Um, I, I have benefited so much just leading those sessions, um, and I've really heard God speaking to me. But uh, if, if that's something that you're interested in, you've not been able to connect with that this time around, I, I do think there is a lot of value in going through that again. It's just fantastic material. And uh, we've just been communicating with the guys who uh, produced that material to try and get an agreement with them so that we can actually uh, make good use of, of the material uh, going forward as well. So we're just waiting to hear back uh, from them.
So I'm going to come to the message today, and um, the title of what I want to talk about is An Appointed Time. And I'm going to read from the scriptures, I'm going to go into Luke chapter 1, and I'm going to read the scriptures first, and then we'll come uh, to the message. And uh, again, just in the way of things, in the course of things, just reading, uh, came to, to Luke chapter 1 during the week. And just as I read this, I just felt God push the pause button in my thinking, and I was like, so much in this passage. And let me just read uh, a little bit of it. Um, it's called, it's entitled the, the, the Birth of John the Baptist. John the Baptist was the forerunner to Jesus, as you will know. And it says, in the time of King Herod of Judea, there was a priest named Zachariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. Imagine that being written about your life and my life. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. Once, when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by a law according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for burning incense came, all the assembled worshippers were praying outside. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at his right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. Now, there's a passage we could think about for a long time, filled with the Spirit even before he was born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, how can, the, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well on in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. We need to grasp hold of that little phrase there, at their appointed time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondered why he was staying so long in the temple. And when he came out, he could not speak to them. But they realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. And when this time of service was completed, he returned home after his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace from among the people. What an incredible passage of scripture. I, I don't know about you, I look at that and I think, 
this is just incredible to hear what God is, is, is doing in this part of, of Scripture. Give me a little second. And I want to just kind of open by asking this question. Have you ever stopped to ask yourself the question, why is this happening? There's a few nods around here. Maybe on Facebook you could just leave us a little comment or YouTube or wherever you are. Why are things like this and not like that? Whatever your situation is. I don't know if you've been there. I know what that feels like. I'm like, why is this happening? And why are things this way as opposed to that way, the way that I'm praying things to be? But one of the things I wanted to say just as we launch this message is that when God's timing meets our tenacity, we can be sure that some really interesting things are going to happen. When God's timing meets our tenacity, interesting things begin to happen. And I want to encourage us right at the start of this message to hold on and to press in and to don't quit, don't stop, keep going, keep going, keep going. And I think of the passage that we've read today and we'll reflect on today. We see God's timing at work in this situation. God's timing meeting Zachariah and Elizabeth's tenacity, holding on to what God has saying. Now, have you ever been let down by somebody? I'm sure we can all say that we've been let down by somebody. Um, somebody who maybe missed an appointment, somebody who was late, somebody who just didn't even turn up. I know that I have done that to other people. It hasn't happened often, but I just feel incredibly bad when I let somebody down. I'm like, I'm really, really sorry. It wasn't in the diary. Please forgive me. I think back to when we were uh, teenagers, probably about 15, 16, that sort of age, and uh, Saturday morning, I was watching my clock as I do. The time was ticking on, and I'm thinking, Craig, where are you? Craig, if you're listening to this message, you're all forgiven. Don't worry about it. And uh, I was waiting on my friend Craig to turn up because we were going to go into Glasgow together, do some shopping around the record shops. That's when they sold vinyl, and that was all they sold. Um, now they're selling vinyl at horrendous prices. And I'm like, oh my goodness. I remember when an album was £7, now it's about £21. Why? Hey, just keep things the way they are. I'm only kidding. But I just think about that occasion, and I, I was just like, where, where is he? He should have been here an hour ago. And if, you know, this was the day before mobile phones, so you had to pick up the phone that had the cord attached to it, right? And, and you had to actually dial the numbers. Remember that? You'd have to put your finger in the little button and dial it around and it go back and then you do the next number. That's how we were able to remember numbers those days. Nowadays, it's all on the phone. You press a button and you can't remember it. That's why. So I phoned Craig and I said, where are you? You were supposed to be here an hour ago. He's like, oh, I totally forgot. You know, we're just going to have to leave it today. And I, I remember just feeling absolutely gutted. I was like, I was so looking forward to that. I think actually I just went into Glasgow on my own after that. I was like, I'm going anyway. But just that feeling of being let down, and uh, the reality is that people let us down, and it, it happens all the time. People let us down because our expectations are different from their expectations. Can I encourage us to, to try not to let people down? Um, but that's, and that's maybe another message. But as I read this passage, there were three principles that I kind of saw in this today, and, and just three things that I wanted to bring out. And if, I, if you don't remember anything else from today, remember this one thing. God 
never misses an appointment. God never misses an appointment. Here's a picture of the temple as it would have been. Uh, this is a model and a picture of a model, but that's what the temple would have looked like. And as we think about this, this gospel, Luke is writing uh, as, a, as a, a, a Gentile. He's re- writing to a, a man called Theophilus, who's a Greek, also a Gentile. Luke is writing as a historian, and he represents Jesus as a man, revealing his humanity. And did you know that almost half of the book is made up of things which Jesus said? Almost half of the book of Luke is made up of things which Jesus said. And on 25 occasions, Luke quotes the Old Testament, and he says, these things which were prophesied hundreds of years ago have now been fulfilled in this person, Jesus. And over half of what he uh, records uh, is actually unique to his gospel. And as I read this, I, I, just, I just had to pause. I got to verse 6, and it says, in the time of Herod, king of Judea, in the time of Herod. And it just made me think about God's timing. We don't know what God's timing is like. Very often, we are wondering, when is this going to happen? There are things which God has spoken about, and we're praying and praying and praying, and we don't see them happening. And God's timing can be a mystery. But let me read something that Gabriel said. Uh, He says in verse 20, which will come true at their appointed time. The things which God has spoken about, the things which he specifically spoke to John about will come true at an appointed time. We read about John being the man who was like that voice in the wilderness. That's a quote from Isaiah chapter 40 verse 3, written 700 years before John arrived on the planet. If you read Malachi chapter 3 verse 1, Malachi uh, chapter 4 verses 5 to 6, it actually talks about John the Baptist and how John would fulfill this scripture. And in this gap in the middle between Malachi writing and this happening, there's a period of about 400 years. 400 years of silence where God doesn't say anything to his people. I would not like to have lived in those 400 years, in that gap, waiting and waiting and waiting. When? Is this going to happen? And it's interesting, later on in the, the, the book of Luke, um, we've, we've not read that today, but in verse 37, it says, uh, Luke is, uh, sorry, Gabriel is speaking to Mary, uh, and this is what he says to Mary, for no word from God will ever fail. No word from God will ever fail. And I just kind of felt today there are people who need to hear that today, that what God has said what he has promised, what he has promised you will come to pass. It's what you do in the gap in the meantime. God will always keep his appointments, and God will turn up exactly at the right time. But it's what we do when we're in the gap that's important. There's always something going on when we're in the gap. When you're in the gap, you're in process. When you're in that gap between the thing that God has promised and the fulfillment of that thing, you're in a process. I sometimes feel like right now that God has got me in a process, that he's changing me on the inside. I know that he's doing that in other people. When we're in the gap, we're in process. And there are, The reality is that there are times in life when we're just getting on with being who God has called us to be. And as I said, there are three principles that I saw in this passage. 
things that we need to apply to our lives when we're living in the gap. And the first one was this, guard your heart. Sounding like a broken record. Records are those vinyl things, okay, that I was talking about earlier that now cost 21 pounds for an album. I, I remember having a, a single, Mullican Tire single. Uh, who was it that did that again? Paul McCartney, that's it. And I had a seven-inch single of Paul McCartney. This isn't my notes. I haven't planned to see this. And there's a little mark on the, this seven-inch single. And every time the record got to this bit, it would jump. That was the worst thing about vinyl. And it would say, Mall of Kintyre. Da, 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 da. I've forgotten the words for it. I don't know how, because it used to get to that bit. Now. Be there, be there, be there. I used to keep jumping back. It used to drive me crazy. Anyway. Those were the days, indeed. Uh, oh, yeah, I've still got that single. <laughs> I don't throw anything out. Anyway, verse 6 talks about Zechariah and Elizabeth being righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. What do we do when we're in the gap? What do we do when we're... Bef- at that point where we're in between what God has promised us and the fulfillment of what God has promised, and we're living in the gap, I'm suggesting that the first thing that we should do, the first principle that we need to learn, is that we need to guard our heart. Zechariah and Elizabeth are described as being blameless. The only other two people that I can see in the Bible, and if you're a scholar, please inform me if I've missed someone, but it talks about Noah being blameless, And we read about Noah in uh, the early chapters of Genesis, and it talks about Job being blameless. We think about all the trouble that came in Job, and we think, like his comforters, what did he do wrong? He must have been a really bad person for all this to happen, okay? Job was blameless. It described him him as being blameless. And, And here are Zachariah and Elizabeth, and they've been praying for a child, and whether they had heard the promise of God... I'm not entirely sure. I don't know. Maybe I've just not picked that up. But the angel comes, Gabriel comes, and he says, your prayer has been answered. And so, they're in this bit between the gap of the promise and the fulfillment of the promise. Keep your heart right. I'm sounding like a broken record saying the same thing over, 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 and over again. Guard your heart, for it's the wellspring of life. Guard your heart, for it's the wellspring of life. It's a principle that we need to grasp, and we need to look at what goes into us or what's trying to get into us, and we need to say, no, I'm taking every thought captive, and I'm making it a prisoner to Christ. I'm not accepting this. I'm keeping my heart right. I'm going to make the right choices. I'm going to do the right thing. Can I encourage you to guard your heart when no one's looking? To guard your heart when God is silent, because there are times when we we think we're praying and God is not hearing what we're saying. There are times when we're praying and we just think it's like it's like it's like hitting a a, a brass uh, ceiling, and we think, where is God? And God's silent. In those times, we need to keep our heart right. Sometimes it's all gone wrong, and in the times where we look and, and we think everything's gone wrong, we need to keep our heart right. And it's so easy when things are not going right to think, well, God's abandoned me, therefore I'm going to just abandon Him. When you think God's, when you think your time is running out, keep your heart right. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. 
Why? Because God never misses an appointment, and He's looking to come and fulfill that appointment in us at His chosen time. The second thing that I saw in this was to serve faithfully. Serve faithfully. You see, it was just another ordinary day in the temple. Is there ever an ordinary day in the temple? I don't know. Sometimes it feels like that to me. It's like Monday's come again. You know, it's just another ordinary day in the temple. But this was a different day. It says in verse 8, once when Zechariah's division was on duty. It says in another translation, and it came to pass that Zechariah's division was on duty. And when it says that, that the word that it's using there is, is something that happens at a specific point, a specific time in history, something that comes to pass, something that happens and occurs in history that hasn't happened before yet. When something comes into existence, this was a different day in the temple, a time in history. Here's Zechariah serving as a priest, being faithful to his duties. He's blameless. He's living the right kind of life. He's making the right kind of choices, and he's getting on and serving God faithfully. Just getting on with life, just being faithful. Can I just say, just say, that that is one of the most important things we can do? is to be faithful. When you're in the gap between the promise of God and the fulfillment of God, and we're in that place, we need to guard our hearts, and we need to serve faithfully, to keep turning up. Keep turning up. Can I say that again? Keep turning up. This Christmas time, we'll have been in this church 30 years. And there are times if I'm being totally honest, where we didn't want to turn up, okay, maybe I, I'm speaking just for myself here. I'll, I'll, I'll change that and say there are times where I didn't want to turn up because of some of the stuff that was going in between the gap of the promise of God and the fulfillment of the things that God was saying. There were, th- there were times where I would wanted, have wanted to be somewhere else. And I remember being really challenged on that, and God spoke to me about that. And he says, don't withdraw your service. Keep serving faithfully. It was just an ordinary day at the temple, but something extraordinary happened this day. Gabriel met Zachariah, and he said, that thing that you've been waiting for, this child you've been praying for, it's going to happen We need to keep turning up. We need to keep our hearts right. We need to be faithful. Mother Teresa was recorded as saying, I'm not called to be successful. I'm called to be faithful. And generally, when people think about who's the most holy, good person you can think of, people often say, Mother Teresa, (laughs) I want to be like her. Why? Because she kept her heart right as much as she could just an ordinary person. She kept turning up. She kept serving faithfully. I know it doesn't talk about Zechariah and Elizabeth's age. You know, it says that they were older. They could have been my age. They could have been in their 50s. It doesn't really say. It doesn't really say what older is. But God turned up at just the right time for Zechariah and Elizabeth. And can I encourage us in those times where we're in the middle, when we're in the gap between the promise and the fulfillment, that we keep 
our hearts right, that we keep serving faithfully. Actively pray, actively invite God into every situation, to the routines. We think, here we are, Sunday again. We're getting set up for Sunday. We're practicing the songs. We've prepared the message. We've got communion prepared. Our COVID duty officer's doing his job. The technical guys are doing their job. The musicians are doing their job. Here we are again, just another ordinary day in the temple. But God can show up at any time and do whatever He wants. And can I encourage us to stay faithful? Stay faithful in our daily devotions you never know when God is going to turn up as you're sitting, praying, and reading your Bible. Stay faithful in prayer. Stay faithful in going to church. Stay faithful in worshiping. Stay faithful in serving God. Stay faithful in serving those who are in need. Stay faithful because God never misses an appointment. We don't want to be the ones missing the appointment. When God comes to visit, we need to be ready. We need to have our hearts right before Him and before others. That's part of the whole cleaning the nets thing that I spoke about earlier in the year. And we need to stay faithful in our service. The third thing that I see as I read this passage is that we stay expectant. Here's Zechariah at the altar of incense, which not only represents the centrality of prayer, this part of the temple, the altar, where they would burn incense, and it was in the holy place, and so you'd have the lampstand, the altar, and you'd have a table with bread on it. That bread is called the bread of the presence. It represented how the, the, the children of Israel, there was 12 loaves there, and it would represent each of the tribes, and it was representative of them being present in the holy place. Not the holy of holies, the holy place. And in the middle of this is this altar of incense, which the priest would go in and attend to, and there's, uh, this incense would go up, and that incense represents prayer. And it made me think about Christ, not only the, the place where he is, but the, the, the service that he's, he's doing. And it talks in the Bible about how Jesus continually makes intercession for us. And it's in this ordinary act of service, which would happen time and time and time again, that God showed up. Let me just read a few verses that talk about this whole place where he is, because I just find this in in incredibly exciting. To stay expectant in our prayers, to expect God to meet us in our prayers, to expect God to show up. Why? Because Jesus is continually praying for us. The angel met Zachariah at the place that represents prayer. Let me read from Romans chapter 8, verse 34. It says, Who then is left to condemn us? Certainly not Jesus, the anointed one, for he gave his life for us. And even more than that, he has conquered death and has now risen, exalted and enthroned by God at his right hand. So how could he possibly condemn us since he is continually praying for our triumph? This Jesus that we thought about in communion is seated at the right hand of God and is continually praying for our triumph. The altar of incense represents prayer. It represents Christ, who is not only our priest, but our intercessor. Let me read Hebrews. And if you want to, if you want to tie up what you read about in the Old Testament in the tabernacle and, and read Hebrews, and you, you'll see how they come together. It says in Hebrews chapter 7, verses 24 to 25, but Jesus permanently holds his priestly office. Zachariah was here today. It was his turn. 
But Jesus permanently holds his priestly office since he lives forever and will never have a successor. So he is able to save fully from now throughout eternity everyone who comes to God through him because he lives to pray continually for them. We have somebody in heaven, this man called Christ Jesus, who continually intercedes on our behalf. Here's Zechariah coming to this place of prayer, coming to this place as he would have done so many times before, just another ordinary day in the temple. And Gabriel appears, and it says in verse 12 that he was startled and afraid. I think if an angel suddenly turned up in church, we would be startled and afraid. I certainly would be. And the angel says to him, Gabriel says in verse 13, your prayer has been answered. What an incredible thing to have the presence of God turn up if it's an angel, if it's God himself, and say your prayer has been answered. It's going to happen. That place of being in between the promise and the fulfillment, and here you are, and God says in the middle of that, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. You know, at the start of the year, I talked about how it wasn't going to be a business as usual year. As I draw to the end of the year, I think, why did I say that? <laughs> I said I'd been praying, and I felt God say, it's time for a new season in the life of this church. Promise. Promise. And then somewhere, somewhere along the line, we'll go, God's done it. We'll say he's done it. And what do we do when we're in the gap between the promise and the fulfillment? We keep our heart right, we serve faithfully, and we stay expectant because at any point in time, God could turn up and begin to change and turn things around. For Zechariah, it was a place that represents prayer. Maybe there's a call for us to get into the place of prayer as a church to keep on praying. How are you getting on in the place of prayer? And one of the things that I was thinking about as I read this, Stuart, if you're listening today, is that there'll come a time between the promise and that fulfillment where we will stand and we'll be amazed at what God has done. We will stand and we'll be amazed at what God has done. Why? Because God always keeps his promises. God never misses an appointment. We need to be patient when we're in the gap. But God is the one who's working behind the scenes and orchestrating things so that they come to pass in his time. Don't lack faith when it comes to the answers to prayer. When God comes and actually does answer a prayer, don't let's be like Zachariah who says, how can this be? And the angel's like, you've just been praying for that for years, and now it's happening. What's wrong with you? <laughs> You should be excited that it's going to happen. And so as a result, Zachariah is, is not allowed to speak until the moment when John is born, and they think, well, we should be calling him Zachariah and be named after his father. And John says, uh, sorry, Zachariah says, give me, a, give me a pencil and a bit of paper. And he writes down, his name has to be John. And he goes, and at that moment, they go, oh, okay. And when he takes that step of faith, suddenly he's able to speak again. He's like, 
this is fantastic. Let me tell you what's happened here. And he begins to prophesy over John, and he begins to start to quote verses from Old Testament scriptures that are 700 years old, and he says, they're going to be fulfilled in John. And that's what we see in this forerunner to Jesus, is that God's word is fulfilled at exactly the right time. And those who were there stood and were amazed at, they saw, at what they saw. God can break into our routines at any point in time. We need to keep our hearts right. We need to stay faithful in serving God, and we need to stay expectant for that moment when God breaks through. The people outside were expectant. Where's Zachariah? He's been in there for ages. <laughs> What's keeping him so long? He'd had an encounter with God. And I just kind of think, church, maybe we need to be prepared for when God comes and does these things and, and, and we encounter God and we encounter His presence in a new way where we'll be like, wait a minute. No, no. Let's not wait a minute. Let's just forget about the minutes. Let's just be content to be in His presence and to see what God does. I'm looking forward to the times when God breaks in to this church in a way where we lose track of time. Wait patiently when you're in the gap, when you're in the gap between the promise and the fulfillment. It's coming. It's coming. Stay expectant in the place of prayer. Stay expectant as you hold tenaciously to God. Stay expectant when everything has gone quiet. And for those who need a touch from God today, a miracle, stay expectant because God never misses his appointment. What are you waiting for today? What prayer have you prayed that remains unanswered, but it's a prayer that comes from in here, and you just feel that it's a God prayer? You feel that it's something that the Holy Spirit has put in your heart, and you keep praying for it, and you keep praying for it, and you keep praying for it, and you think, when's it going to happen? Let's keep looking to God with expectation. What are you holding on to uh, what are you holding on to God for today? Perhaps it's the prodigal that you're praying for. Perhaps it's a wayward son or daughter. Perhaps it's a particular breakthrough that you're believing for. Maybe a healing touch from God. Perhaps it's a safe end to COVID-19. God can still show up in the middle of a pandemic. And there are people that we need to be praying for. If you've saw the email that I sent out this morning, perhaps there's a financial challenge, perhaps a relational challenge. Whatever it is, be assured that God knows what's happening. And I encourage us to hold on with all that we're worth to God, to hold on, to hold on, to hold on. And in the process, when we're in process between the promise and the fulfillment, when we're in the gap, we need to keep our hearts right before God. We need to keep serving faithfully. And we need to stay expectant. If you're not sure what the promise of God is in your life, take some time to listen to God and to understand what He's saying. Why? Because you need to know, because God never misses an appointment. But you need to know what that appointment is. You need to know what you're waiting on. Go back into your journal, go back into the things which God has said, go back into the promises that God has spoken over your life and recall them and pray them and say, Lord, these are the things that I'm waiting for. I'm waiting expectantly on your timing. 
waiting, waiting, waiting. Sometimes we're in that place when we're in the gap. Maybe our musicians can come back up and, and, and join us. We're going to sing a song just as we finish off today, just to, something slightly different, um, a song called Waiting Here For You. And there are times where just, we just need to wait patiently on God. We don't understand what's happening uh, in our lives, in our family. We don't understand why we're, we're not getting that breakthrough that we're praying for. Can I encourage us when we're in that place that we need to just keep our hearts right before God, keep our hearts right before others. We need to keep serving faithfully. And we need to keep our hearts expectant. Stay expectant. It was just another ordinary day in the temple and something happened, something extraordinary happened. It was just another ordinary day where I got up this morning, but God spoke and God breathed life into this situation. God breathed life into that financial difficulty. God breathed, breathed life into that relationship. And so can I encourage us as we sing this song that we make the words a prayer this morning, as we wait for God, that we make it a prayer waiting here for you. If faith can move the mountains, let the mountains move. We come with expectation, waiting here for you. Father, we just want to sing this song as an act of worship. Father, we want to sing it as a response to the message today. Father, that we're waiting for you. And so, Lord, as we sing it, we pray that you would continue to stir our hearts, that we might hear your voice.
Timothy 6, 13 to 14. You, to keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, God will bring about in his own time. Father, we thank you that you have a timing in everything. Father, your timing is perfect. Father, that you never miss an appointment. Father, there's never a moment, even in the gap, where we think you're silent. Father, there's never a moment when you're not there. Father, because your word has said that you will never leave us, you will never forsake us, that you're always there. Father, help us to be in that place where we're ready, where we're expectant for you to do what you have planned and said that you will do. And Father, I pray, I pray for the generations that are unsaved yet. Father, the generations which have not heard the message or not responded to the message. Father, that you would begin to stir up the generations which are rising. Father, that they would hear your word. Father, that they would come into contact with your spirit. Father, they would come into contact with all that you want to do. And Father, that there would be an impartation of life into the generation which is rising. Father, for all in this church, Father, for every generation, Lord, that we're all waiting on something. And Father, we pray that you would come into our experience. Lord, as we are faithful to you. Father, as we keep our hearts right, as we're faithful in serving, Father, keep in turning up, keep in turning up, keep in turning up. Father, as we continue in those ordinary days in the temple, Father, that we would have that expectation in our hearts that you would turn up and that you would come and that you would do the things which you have said you will do. Father, we confess that we need you. Father, we're not enough. We're not enough without you. Father, we need you in our lives. We need you in our experiences. And Father, we pray that you would come and that you would meet us in that quiet place, that place of our devotions. And Father, that you would speak and Father, that you'd begin to breathe into us your promises. And Father, that we would get hold of them and that we would begin to pray into them. Father, that we would be in that place of prayer like Zechariah before the altar, that altar that symbolizes prayer, that symbolizes Christ being our intercessor. Father, that we would come to that place of prayer and that we would press in in the place of prayer until we grab hold and grasp hold and fully appreciate all that you want to do in our lives, in our church, in our community, in the communities that surround this area. Father, in West Lothian, and Father, as I pray this prayer, I recognize that it will go far beyond West Lothian, that there are people listening to this uh, uh, service today who who live way further away than that and Lord that you would come and that you would meet them in their place in their area in their community in their family and Lord we just bring every person before you who comes under the sound of this message Lord we pray help us to to experience you Father to press in to to know your presence and all the things that you're doing Father to hold on to the promise Father when we're in that place when we're waiting waiting and waiting. Father, to wait with expectation in our hearts. So, Lord, we pray, come into our situation. Lord, we pray for those moments where you come and you present yourself in a way that you've not done before, where you begin to do a new thing. And, Lord, we pray, help us to press into that. Help us to hold on to that because, Lord, we know that you want to do more than we're seeing just now. But Father, you have us in process. Father, you have us in this place between promise and fulfillment. Lord, help us to hold on to you with such tenacity. Father, to to not look to the left or the right, to not be distracted. But Father, to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Because Lord, what else do we have 
we focus on you. And Lord, for those who need a miracle today, Father, those who need that breakthrough moment, Lord, I pray that that moment would come for them. Father, whether it's a a physical healing or some other situation, Father, whether it's relational or financial or emotional, whatever that might be, Father, we pray that you would come and that you would touch everyone at their place of need. Father, that you come and that you would begin to uh, just show us your presence through some uh, miracles with a capital M. Lord, we keep praying, we keep praying, we keep praying. Lord, we keep looking to you. Lord, in this gap between promise and fulfillment, Lord, help us to be faithful to all that you say. In Jesus' name we ask. The Lord bless you, and uh, I just pray that you have a great week and that you're faithful in the place of prayer, faithful in those place of devotions. Keep holding on to God because you never know. You never know when God is going to come through and answer those prayers and bring you the breakthrough. Lord bless you and keep you and Lord may you have a great week and I know his presence and his name.